Welcome to Geek's Corner. I'm Mr. Daps. I'm Katie. And it is going to be a blast of a night tonight. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so we are going to get right into this as we talk about The Mandalorian, we talk about Hong Kong Disneyland, we talk about, uh, what else were we talking about? Holidays. Holidays, all sorts of fun things. But first, we need to talk about trains. Trains? We're Very about important trains? talk. You didn't look at the update to the... Uh, order that I did like two hours ago. Um, we What did we do on Sunday, Katie? We went to the Southern California Railway Museum. We went to the Southern California Railway Museum. What did we see there? We saw trains. We saw many trains. Um, yeah, it was very fun. Um, we unfortunately didn't get to see all the trains we wanted to because a lot of the indoor exhibits are closed at Southern California mm-hmm. Railway Museum. That is but there are two Ward Kimball trains there. Um, and if you were to look them up, uh, the Emma Nevada and the Chloe, they look a whole lot like Disneyland They're trains. Very familiar looking. Yeah, they have a similar paint, paint scheme and all that stuff. So we wanted to see those. We didn't. We got to see a lot of running trains. Someday we will. Yeah, there was yeah. quite a few trains running. That yeah. was pretty cool. Um, next time we'll have to go on said trains. Um, and we did see cool. Pacific Electric trolleys, mm-hmm. like the ones that were used in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So we did see some Disney connections. Yes, yes, that too. Um, and, uh, you can go out there. It's free. Yeah. uh, If you're an adult, it's only $12 to go on the trains basically for all day, which is really cool. Yeah. You go on as many train rides as you want. Exactly. You can spend the whole day going on trains and trolleys. Um, but we will have a vlog coming out on our YouTube channel about this, uh, this coming weekend. So don't miss that. Um, but before we get into the full show, if you would like to be a part of the show, leave us comments. And we always try to uh, recognize those. And you can also hit us on Twitter with the hashtag GeekScore. Don't hit us. Because we, we watch that as well. Yeah, don't hit us. The, the world doesn't need We're it. very fragile. Or something, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So we thought we'd start tonight off since um, everybody knows that November 1st is the first day of Christmas. Yeah, it's true. Not quite. But we celebrate Thanksgiving here, too. Yeah, we're... we're um... We we're we're open to Thanksgiving. We love to celebrate. <laughs> we like to holidays. eat. Yes, we do. It's it's the land of really fun drinks at Starbucks and uh, big turkeys and you know all all that fun I'm stuff. I'm waiting for Miss Chestnut Praline. Exactly. I love you, girl. Yes, and um, so one of the things that Disney did is they send me books that I should review. So I do review these books. I read That's them. True. He does. And here is a nearly ten pound book. Ten pounds. Almost. Um, called Holiday Magic at Disney Parks Celebrations Around the World from Fall to Winter. It's massive. Yeah. It's like I don't know if you can see how big this book is. Thick. But. It is a lot of fun, and if I can do this without messing up the show, because I have a keyboard right in front Don't of me, mess I'm going to open it up to a random page that happens to show Christmas at Disneyland Paris, With and you can snow. see the snow, and it's gorgeous. There's, I think they took like 80,000 pictures to narrow it down to this book. Wow. Like, so many different pictures, and it, it's got um, all of the holidays, so they cover um, uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas, all of that stuff. And different decorations they do. And from all different decades. Yeah, and the history, too. So, like, you can see candlelight going all the way back to the beginning and the origins of that, which really, that's kind of a story that we've uniquely had on DAPS. Um, You've got Nightmare Before Christmas at the Haunted Mansion that you can see different uh, artwork from it on this page. It's a really cool picture of the stretching. Oh, yeah. 
a gallery. Amazing. Um, yeah, there's some really fun pictures. You can flip to any random page. Which is what I'm doing. And there's going to be a fun picture. Uh, specifically, more, I... More Nightmare Before Christmas. I flipped to... Um, the candlelight page and there's a really fun picture of bill rogers who's the voice of disneyland doing a sound check at yeah. candlelight and he always wears these like cozy scarves on candlelight days yeah um it's just it's a really usually yeah it's a really fun picture to mm-hmm. see um and then it was also really fun there's a whole parade section for christmas and if you like to get hungry <laughs> bread houses. i wish it was scratch and sniff this is not as easy to do as you would think though That's- because this is an awkward it's very book heavy. to carry. It's very heavy. Well, and it just takes up lots of space. Yeah, it does. It was hard to even read it, like, sitting in, in my lap because it was just so large. Yeah, I had it opened all the way across my desk when I was <laughs> when I was reviewing this. Um, and you got, like, Toontown. Oh, and I Main miss Street, Toontown. And just, you know, the Garland, all of these wonderful things. And uh, this year, this book seems even more fitting, um, just since we're not getting to experience a lot of these things uh, at Disneyland so far, and who knows if we will or not, but um, this is a really good book, and uh, it's it would be one I would say that, like, if you're one of those Disney fans, it's like, oh, I want to have some of the kind of unique things that um, you can just dig in for hours. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot to unpack. Like, I was sitting there for a half hour, and I probably only looked at not even a quarter of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not reading all of the storylines. Yeah, that get really just good. looking at pictures. Because the storylines are really what's fun, too, is because yeah. they do a really nice job of going back and being like, hey, this is where this started, this person did that, and, and really kind of going into the history, but not too deep. Yes, you can w- read and get a workout at the same time. Uh, but it just it doesn't go too deep, but it does a nice job of giving a lot. And uh, so definitely check this out. Um, if you want to get it for Christmas, I'd order it sooner rather than later. She's um, like, I, I would just, I haven't seen anyone from DAP spotted in the book, Mary Penguin. Um, that would be pretty epic. I was looking, you especially in the candlelight section. And with that many pictures, you just, you never well, know. And as Bailey pointed out, I think it was a couple weeks ago, there was a random photo on Twitter. A random photo that one of like our... 10 years ago, right? Uh, no, it was Eight 2014. Okay, so six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. But it was of a person that we know now, we did not know then, that had taken this photo, and Mr. Dapps and Murray are in the background. Um, Bailey had pointed it out. It was very funny. And it's like, they're prominent. led us on this rabbit trail of like, why, why? were we doing this? What were we doing <laughs> Why do we have day? the camera? Yeah. Uh, it was very funny, but you really never know where we're going to show up. It's it's truly spot Mr. That is the magic of Disneyland. You know, we used to have a... Um, a segment on Geeks, no, it wasn't Geeks Corner, it was just on the YouTube, where we would literally um, put somebody with a camera or a video camera in a random place, like, say, on the Main Street Station on the top deck there, and then um, I would literally just walk up and down the street in the middle of a crowd, and we'd play, whereas, maybe it was on our Facebook, maybe even worse, it was on our MySpace. (laughs) I was going to say, this was, this was before me. We usually do it so. in the summer while we were waiting for college band because it's like, well, I'm bored, you're bored, let's let's do something. Sounds about right. That sounds like college you band. You can't get out of the area too far because you, you want to, when it starts crowding up, you want to get your spot. So it's not like you can go do stuff. So you kind of have to come up with unique ideas to um, keep yourself yeah, busy in, I've... say, Town Square or in front of the castle or whatever. Um, so that was one of our mini games that we played one summer. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds like it. 
Absolutely. So um, let's get into uh, the week in geek. And uh, this week, I think the top story is that the Mandalorian, more importantly, Baby Yoda, Yoda or the child, um, has returned to uh, Disney Plus. And uh, we got a first look at what this season is going to be about. And uh, if you do not want spoilers or if you have not seen the show, first off, shame on you. Uh, Unless you just don't like Star Wars. That's okay. I'm not going to shame you if you don't like Star Wars. It's okay. True, but I am wearing a Star Wars bow tie. That's fine. I have um, a Star Wars tattoo, man. Yeah. No, if you, if, you, if you don't, if you don't like Star Wars, you won't care what we're talking about. You won't about care. Anyway, so it's, it's totally fine. fine. Um, Mary Penguin says that uh, they have three fun photos of Mr. Daps in the background of my Disneyland visits before I knew him. That's <gasps> great. I want to see him. Yeah, and then uh, Bailey says, listen, I get great enjoyment of uh, watching old musical chair videos and happening upon a Mr. Daps. That occasionally would happen, too, and sometimes I'd be taking pictures or uh, or videoing them, and you'd see me in the background or something, or just watching my time, Robert. It's very funny how often I'll watch videos now, and I'll be like, because I see a wild Mr. Daps appear. In his natural habitat. Yeah, like truly natural habitat. Mm-hmm. Like. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, what would you? You've now been warned. We're going into spoiler Spoilers. territory. So, um, you know, earmuffs or whatever, uh, right? Yeah. We're not talking about Splash Mountain, but you know, uh, that was that was a was that a deep dig to pass deep, deep corner deep cut deep cut okay whatever it's called. <laughs> um, tell us the overview, Katie, of this episode okay. of the Mandalorian and then we'll, we'll dive into of it. this episode um yes. basically our Mando Jin Jaren yep. right he, say it? he goes off on an adventure to find another Mandalorian he is told that there is a Mandalorian on Tatooine um turns out it's not a Mandalorian it turns out that it is somebody wearing it's, Boba Fett's armor it's the marshal um I laughed so hard at that I thought it was very funny Mainly because even though I, I think it says a lot to Pedro Pascal's physicality, because you could tell he was starstruck when Boba Fett walks into this cantina and he goes, Oh man, like I, I've been waiting to meet you. And then he takes the helmet off. It was a skinny guy. Yeah. It's yeah. Timothy Oliphant, which I find hilarious. And he was really good. Um, yeah. Oh, like, he was so good. My first good. thought is like, I hope we get more of him somehow in the season because I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Timothy Oliphant a lot. Um, I really liked him in the office and I liked seeing him in this type of role um, just because I thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically the, uh, what was it? Moz, Moz Pego? I can't remember. It was something with a P. This town is under attack by a crate dragon. Um, and so they have to take on the crate dragon who was living in an abandoned Sarlacc pit. Something you don't hear about very often. So... Can I, can I get into the grand reveal of the episode? Yeah. They defeat the Crate Dragon. And live happily ever after. And then Boba Fett is there. <laughs> I just imagined um, the, what were they called? Mr. Smythe and Mr. Jones. <laughs> and they live happily ever after. And then they started singing like an exit song to the Mandalorian. Maz Pelgo. Good job. Um, came to me. So this was an episode that was really funny to me because I was a marshal. Like, because that's the the badge I had for Halloween last week. And uh, the moment, like, I started watching the episode move forward. I was like, huh, that's funny. 
like there was a few things that just started popping up. I'm like, this is getting really Western feeling. So I texted Katie. I'm like, does this feel like a Western to you? Because this is totally going like <laughs> Old West to me. And I had already watched the episode. Yeah. So. And then like the further in it goes, the more Western it gets. And and then I'm like, it's really weird that they're up on the stilts, the houses, and that just doesn't work for me. And then it had to work because it became a plot point. So it wasn't just a dumb thing, but, um, which I'm still a little bit on the edge on that one from a, a physics standpoint. Yes. Your texts were very funny yeah. when you were watching it. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Mary Penguin's asking if it looked intentional that the armor did not fit the marshal. Absolutely. Yes. Um, he, he, when they told the story, it made complete sense. You know, he traded for it basically. Yeah. And, um, but I was very amused that like first season of Mando had, you know, spaghetti Western vibe going yeah. to it. And it's like, oh yeah, it's spaghetti Western in space. And then this one is like, oh, we're going all in on that Western cool. thing. Yeah. And it worked for me. Yeah. And, um, and I thought uh, the whole episode was a lot of fun. Baby Yoda had some really cute moments. But he wasn't the star of the episode. Which was Which good. I love. He didn't yeah, steal yeah. the show either. No, he which added to it. I think there were parts of season one where it was definitely like, oh, you were just really wanting to play up the fact that Baby Yoda is very cute, which yep. he was. And I'm not going to take that for granted. Um, and I'm assuming we're going to get more of that this season. I agree. I just really liked that we got a very strong, solid first episode. Um, and if you want to compare it, I mean, we got more Baby Yoda than we did in the first episode of the first season. True. So. Well, and and we got a reveal in the last two seconds of this episode that we won't talk about tonight. Um, like, I think that one we can dig into more as the season <sighs> goes wait. on, because I just think we got a reveal of an actor that we know who he is and who he could be playing, or we could get a surprise. I just don't feel like we have, like, I know who I think he is, but maybe he's not. Wait, but I already said it. I already said it, so I'm just going to say it. Oh, keep going. He's credited as Boba Fett. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he's credited. Well, he's not credited in the show. He's credited on IMDb as Boba Fett. Okay, I was like, I don't remember seeing no. that in the... Okay. Trust me, I was looking. I was eagle eyes on the... Uh, but okay. it is the actor who plays Jango Fett, which obviously... I think is great. That's perfect, yeah, because they're beautiful. clones. Because uh, I literally was like, how are they going to bring... Or how are they going to pull off bringing Boba Fett back? Um, but yes, no, he is credited as Boba Fett, which apparently I could have looked up on IMDb, like, And I'm curious to see ago. if he ends up being a good Boba Fett or a bad Boba Fett. Like, like I could see this becoming kind of a buddy cop thing <laughs> happening throughout the season. I'm good Mando. I'm bad Mando. Or even, like, they're just kind of both, because yeah, they yeah, both yeah. have their rough sides. Like, yeah. they're going to, I'm going to do this or you're going to pay. And the Marshal kind of was that almost good cop, bad cop with him, <laughs> but... I don't know how much we're actually going to see of him. Like, I think we could see return once in a while or something or a connection here and there. Um, but I am really curious to see what they do with Boba um, Fett. And then what happened to his ship? Yeah. Like, is he going to find that? Are we going to see it again? I don't know. Um, that would be fascinating to me. Um, one of the things I think we should hit real quick before we wrap up this part of the segment is the music. I feel like they took to a whole new level. Yeah. That, like it was great last season and I literally was like, Oh, I want, I want this soundtrack like yeah. yesterday. And I don't think it's up yet, but um, I should look again. I didn't see it when I looked the other day, 
Um, but I thought they took it to a whole new level. Like it just added it's more depth really and richness to the score. And uh, I watched this episode with my AirPods in simply because I wanted the whole effect of Mando. I was like, I don't want to watch it on TV. I want to hear everything. The Mando effect. And <laughs> hearing the music in my AirPods, I was mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> also how many times can I flex that I have AirPods in like two sentences? Mm-hmm. But it was really, really awesome to like hear it. Uh, in my ears. <laughs> yeah, I would as think so. As dorky as that sounds. Like, yeah, I don't have those, so. Um, oh, you don't know? Okay. I have AirPods. Yeah, I've got a Bose speaker or something. Um, but no, I prefer the AirPods for that <laughs> in particular. Um, I did think it was interesting, too, how they went into the Tuscan culture even more. And you wrote an article tonight about um, how they used the sign for that and then um, how they actually brought somebody in who was deaf to help create that sign. Yes. And uh, that sign language. And I thought that was a super cool and great choice on on the powers that bees um, behalf. Like, they just made a good choice there. Um, and I think that there's a very important aspect to deaf culture, um, which is that hearing people should not be the people that represent deaf people. Um, they shouldn't teach sign language. They shouldn't create new signs because um, there are frequently like uh, name signs and things for people in power or famous people. Hearing people should not be the people to do that. Um, and so I think that the fact that a deaf person is who made the Tuscan sign language and is continuing to develop it um, and was the main... Which tells us there's more coming, yeah. which is also cool. Um, I thought it was super-duper cool. Also, he talked about it in an interview, um, and he said that he didn't want it to resemble ASL, and he wanted to... He literally studied the culture of Tuscan Raiders and incorporated how he thought they would sign for things. I love that is he studied the culture, which means he had to watch a lot of Star Wars <laughs> movies and then also a lot of Star Wars shows. We've yeah. shown that in the cartoons a little bit. And then probably dug into some of the extended stuff, maybe even some of the, what do they call it, the legends now? The legends. Um, yeah. So I think that's super cool. And yeah. um, I'm curious to see how that moves, like as it moves forward, how that develops. And, and I think Agreed. that'll be cool. Um, which means we're coming back to Tatooine, um, is my hunch. Um, do you think they go to Dagobah? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I feel like because the force is so strong there, like, there's a chance that you could end up there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk about this a lot in the coming weeks and months, obviously. Um, and uh, it'll be fun. So play along with us. It'll be great. Um, another Star Wars news this week is Star Wars The Rise of the Resistance. You can now get your boarding pass or your boarding group if you're over in Florida and you have an active uh, reservation and ticket for Disney's Hollywood Studios on said day, you can get it at 7 o'clock from anywhere, basically, in your hotel, mm-hmm. from the Disney Skyline or whatever. And um, I'm assuming you can even do it from home if you're a local. I That's what we're assuming. They haven't but, said otherwise. Um, they said something on the actual Disney Parks blog article about you could do it from your hotel or elsewhere nearby. like nearby the phrasing of it was very strange yeah but you would think you'd be able to do it at home yeah um hopping back to the mary penguin and clocky about the shiny orb they picked out of the body i actually think that is a pearl oh yes and um and that goes into some other stories that i think are from the legends now um regarding uh this great dragons do appear in canon though right they're not completely legends but i think some of the extended story i I don't remember where it's from is um i do know the pearl thing is and that's a big part of tuscan culture also isn't it um and 
I mean, stealing shiny things. Defeated it. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fun to see if that was just a, hey, look, we got this, or if this is something more that ends up being a plot device later in the season. So uh, back to the other plot, which is Rise of the Resistance. Um, Murray and I had a incredible adventure, I think is, is a good way to put <laughs> to say it. the least. Uh, we got in line to get on the Disney Skyliner an hour and 45 to 50 minutes before Disney's Hollywood Studios opened. Skyliner starts an hour before it opens. We were on 20 minutes later, so it, took, it was basically a 20-minute wait that we waited an hour for. Then we got to Caribbean Beach, which you got another line. We got onto the second Skyliner 11 minutes before Disney's Hollywood Studios opened. We got off of it four minutes before the studios opened. We're at security two minutes before security or before um, the park opened. Thank goodness for Disney security because if they hadn't been awesome, we wouldn't have made it through because we both had backpacks with tons of of camera equipment, which we got stopped every security for because they're like, what's in this? Show us that. And it's fair. But, you know, we just had too many lenses, I guess. And um, literally walked into the studios about probably 50 seconds before it opened, had the app open, did the thing as the park opened. Like, I think I got it, but it's not showing me that I got it. I don't know. Let's try again. Well, it's not letting me get it again. And then we finally figured out that we got in our boarding group. It was ridiculously stressful because we waited an hour in i'm going to say 45 to 50 minutes for it all to come down to 45 seconds like it was that close and then not knowing if we got it so now you can do it from your hotel so you don't have to wait and all that line yes and and the thing i think would be great with that is if i mean if you get an early boarding group that could be a problem the same problem but i'm hoping it like takes the pressure off the transportation system because my one complaint of our trip to florida was the transportation at Pop Century. Um, it, it was just always overwhelmed. And it's not like there's a million people there because they're, they're, you know, they're limiting capacity still, but um, the whole thing was overwhelmed. And I can only imagine how much you would have loved this, Katie, because you don't tend to like experiences like this. Like, I, I think you would have been like, I want to go home now. <laughs> Am I close? Actually, no, you'd be like, I'm going back to the hotel and I don't care. Is that close? You're calling me out. I am what the kids call severely anxious. I'm not saying it's bad. No. I just think you wouldn't have done it. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, as Mr. Daps so eloquently just put, I panic in high-stress situations, um, which often leads to me or you just... you just stop. Like, you're just like, I'm not doing I it. I stop. No, no, yeah. no. That's what it is. Like, that's... My brain just goes, I will not process this information anymore. Um, so there's been a few Walt Disney World experiences where I went and sat somewhere or I contemplated taking a nap at the hotel because like my brain is very overwhelmed with new information. Um, That's why the Jungle Trek at Animal Kingdom is my favorite place because it's a very nice, quiet place to sit. Um, The the tigers don't judge you. Um, (laughs) But yes, true. So I really like this. Uh, There are going to be two drops. There's the 7 a.m. drop and the 2 p.m. drop. You do have to be in the park for the 2 p.m. drop, which I think is completely fair. And really, you want to go for the 7 o'clock drop anyway because there's not a ton left for 2 o'clock. Yeah. So your chances are best to go for it at least twice as opposed to... And I would think that if you're in the park for the 2 p.m. drop, it's a... You had a park reservation, you didn't get a 7 a.m., and you're just there enjoying your day, and you go, oh, let me see if I can get a 2 p.m. I don't think that's a, oh, man, got to get on rise. Like, I think that if that's your priority, you're going to wake up at 7 in the morning and do that from your hotel room. 
I would hope. And, and the, the real challenge is with Hollywood Studios right now is I think by my count, there's only nine attractions. And, and obviously you're not getting any entertainment coming back. <laughs> and so I, I think that's a challenge for, for Hollywood Studios right now. And, and to me, if they can do it safely, they need to extend their hours um, so that you can get more people on that. You can get more people on um, Mickey and Minnie and you can get more people on Slinky Dog Dash. And, you know, it's just like, it's a fun park to be in. Um, but I think it's the only park we left early. Like, I think we left and it wasn't super early. It was like a half an hour before the park closed, but we were kind of like, okay, we did everything. So we say, with do. no nighttime spectaculars, with no entertainment, with. Yeah. Well, and we had entertainment there because we watched, True. The, we watched the band that's Aww. not there anymore. And, um, but we didn't do anything in, in. Toy Story Land because the lines were just you know like they look too long. Yeah, you would uh, no, do it does tower. not include the Skyliner. I would, Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, and and part of it was it took a while to eat too. <laughs> like everything, it, it just with it was the one park that even at lower capacity because there's not as much to do, everything just took longer. And um, so we did some shopping. We, like it was just a different experience, and we had a blast there, and it was fun. Like we had a great time with Photo Pass, and like we didn't have a bad time. It just was not the same experience as as the other parks. Where like as long as we could be there, we were there. And um, so I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out. I hope it works out and gets more people on it. Um, I saw this morning. I think they actually opened the attraction before the park opened, um, which is good and bad. Um, I mean, and that comes back to if you can get into the park in time, like I would hope they don't penalize you for not being there. Like yeah. if you get boarding group six and you're not there at opening and they're like, sorry, I don't think they would do that, but I could see that being a problem. Yeah. You never know. You don't. And that's what always keeps things interesting. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So uh, let's keep moving around the world. Hong Choo-choo. Kong Disneyland will be celebrating the anniversary. It's already in. But it starts on the 21st of November, if I recall. And uh, the the big thing I think that's coming out of this is um, they're officially like opening or whatever you want to call it to the public, the Castle of Magical Dreams. Yes. With its 13 stories and towers of magical happiness. And um, and so they are going to, um, you know, it'll, it'll be a big event and, and you'll get to see what this turned into what do you think of the castle so far by the way i think it's gorgeous okay um i was actually just saying earlier when we were looking at that holiday book that i have this weird thing when i look at pictures of um the last 15 years of hong kong Mm -hmm. because my brain goes disneyland oh no um because it looks it's identical to our sleeping beauty castle yeah um i think that hong kong deserves a unique castle um, I think it's a better choice. I think yeah. it's uh, I think that it's very beautiful. It's a lot like it's not like Shanghai's castle, but it is like Shanghai's castle in the fact that it's very grand. Uh, it's very beautiful. It's kind of a mix now between Shanghai and Florida. Yeah. Like Shanghai and Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say Florida just for colors, but yeah. Or uh, vibrancy. But I love the fact that there are different stories represented. Um I am very excited to see like 
uh, I mean, we've already seen photos of it, but I'm excited to see more photos of it. Up close um, is always cool. Up close, yeah. yeah. Like that always makes things more interesting. Yeah, I just find um, the feng shui of Hong Kong fascinating um, with the mountains behind the castle. So I automatically think that their castle is beautiful <laughs> uh, just because I think the landscape behind it is so so nice. Yeah. But yeah, I'm very, very excited to see it open. Um, and I'm very excited to see Hong Kong get to celebrate a, the 15th anniversary. So um, they've redone now Hong Kong's castle. Correct. Um, I like that they repainted Cinderella Castle at Magic Kingdom uh-huh. because now it differentiates Tokyo and Agreed. and Florida. And I think that's a good choice. Do you think they should go further with probably Tokyo Castle and be like, hey, let's differentiate this even more as well? I don't think they should do that. Okay. Um, because at this point in time all the castles are different. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Tokyo, they could different. You could, you could make the argument though, that Disneyland's castle and Hong Kong's Disneyland, or yeah, Hong Kong Disneyland castle were different too though, because they had different paint jobs. Yes, but they looked so similar. Um, and they were very similar in height. Um, like the, the overall appearance of it was very, very similar. Um, I think at this point though, Tokyo's castle looks so different from Walt Disney World's castle. Um, I feel like at this point it would be like trying to say that Paris and Disneyland have the same castle. Um, Hmm. I don't think that they look that similar. Yes, they are the same castle and like same height and all those things. But I think that the lighter paint job differentiates itself enough from the new colorful paint job at Walt Disney World. See, and that's what's weird to me is I would expect Tokyo to get more colorful soon. And see, because that kind of goes with the culture. Well, that's the thing is I'm surprised that the castles weren't flipped. Well, 50th though. I know, but I mean, that, that's, that's a 50th thing. I agree. Um, I think Tokyo should change their castle. And um, I don't actually have a great idea for how they should change mm-hmm. it. I just think it'd be super cool to go a completely different direction and, um, lean into something that's a little bit more cultural, I guess, like something that's either going to fit with Tokyo or just something like, this is the thing they really geek out about there. And, um, which is everything in Tokyo. (laughs) True. But I I think it'd be cool if they could, you know, even if you just changed the towers a little bit or, um, add some different ornamentation around, like just differentiate it. So when you look at it, if it was black and white and black and white, it's fair. You're not gone. Wait, which one's that? And I and I will admit, like the grounds around Tokyo Disneyland is gorgeous, and so that's different too. But um, sure, but I think you could, I think you take it to a whole new level, and maybe it's a different paint job that's refreshed, and it's you know it's it's a different color um, combination that's, that's completely different as well. I kind of doubt that would happen though, because it feels like pink and blue is the direction all the castles are going. As I say, I am still going to say. Um... The castle in Paris is, in my opinion, the most beautiful castle. It is a very I know that I have the original Sleeping Beauty castle. That's because she's my home castle. Um, and I love her very, very, very much. But I think that when I see Sleeping Beauty castle in Paris, like, it takes my breath away. So it, It's a very... I'd like to see it in person someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clocky's throwing different ideas, whether it's Duffy, Chippendale, or Donald Duck Castle. Duffy. Why not a Mickey Mouse Castle? To be completely honest, I feel like the Mickey Mouse Castle should be in Tokyo. Um, and it could be it could be anything. If it's a Duffy Castle, though, it has to be Duffy and Friends. They all have to be there. 
Chalatoni, Olu. But uh, we're running out of time, Katie. So uh, what should people do? Let's go to DoctorMagic.com. Check out all the Disney and geek news as it happens. Subscribe to our mailing list so you don't miss a thing. Also go to our social media platforms like Twitter, where we are daps underscore magic or at the Geeks Corner or Instagram, like where we're daps magic and at Geeks Corner or on Facebook. Just search us. You'll find us. We hope. Yeah, probably. I think we've made it pretty easy. Daps Magic Geeks Corner. Find them. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of videos coming up. We've actually got some that are literally planned out a month ahead of time now. Uh, Marie and I have been working through the archives, and we've found some really cool stuff that we've got going. But uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you're having a wonderful one. Um, But that is all the time we have for you this week. So we will see you around the corner. Bye. 